The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite esports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I am a free agent, head coach, and analyst, and now official contributor at Slingshot Esports. The podcast is here. It is so exciting to be on Slingshot Esports full time now. We have made the move over from Unicorn to this site. We really feel like it's a great fit for us because Slingshot does such a great job of providing quality content in the same style that we feel really matches what the podcast is going for. Obviously, we really loved our time at Unicorn. We still work with these guys, uh, as you heard in our little ad section at the beginning, and we're going to use all of their lines for this podcast. But we're just very excited for this new start. We've got you know, the new website hosting us. We've got the new theme song. Thank you to Michael Fedchuk for that. And, of course, we have our new logo by Christine Frapek. So, so many new things, so many exciting things. And, of course, we have a new and exciting split to talk about. And, of course... When I say we, I am referring to my good friend, fellow contributor at Slingshot, Walter Ciedis Fetchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? I, I'm doing wonderfully, and I have to shout out Mike and Christine because I gave them both designs and ideas that they totally looked at. They gave me what I wanted, and it wasn't right, and they came up with awesome things that took bits and pieces out of what I asked them to do, so I, I have to say hats off to them. They really blew my mind with what they were able to create and what they were able to create for you guys to make this podcast even better. Yeah, it's very exciting. It really does feel like we finally come into our own now. The logo, the theme song, everything. It just feels right. And now we get to reach out to this awesome Slingshot audience. So we feel like it's important to kind of go over exactly what the Guest of the Lines podcast is. For those of you who might not have listened to us before. If you have ever heard of Bill Simmons, he does the same kind of format with Cousin Sal when doing the NFL. Basically, every week, we're going to go through every series of games in North America and in Europe as two separate podcasts every week, one for each region. And we're going to break down who we think is going to win and why, and exactly where the casinos think the games are going to end up. Now, different casinos have different ways of displaying the odds. We do things the North American style because it's the way that we think is the easiest to understand when you're listening at home. Basically, the way it works is the favorites will have a minus line in this plus-minus system. Whatever the minus is, you have to bet that much amount of money to win $100 on your bet. So, for example, if a team was favored by minus 150 you'd have to bet $150 to win 100 meaning that if you won the bet, you'd get $250 back. 
Now, underdogs are going to have plus odds. This means that when you bet $100, you win that much money. So a plus 150 bet would mean that if you bet $100, you'd win 150 so you'd get a total of $250 back. That's how this works. It's a very simple idea. Once you kind of get a hang of it, it'll become clear as we kind of go through these lines, kind of how the favorites go. And our job every week is going to be to guess and see which one of us is closest to the pin because the winner at the end of the split gets to change the loser's Twitter profile picture, which is quite fun. I've currently got Walter dealing with a, a lovely picture of a very sad Diamond Prox reminding him of just how sad it was last split when I, I kind of steamrolled over him in the early parts of the season. Walter, you, you feel like you've, uh, you've learned something from last split? Are you ready to, to take it back? I've learned I shouldn't gamble. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that I'm really, really bad at guessing lines. But man, I'm actually not bad at picking winners on some really awesome bets. Don't forget, I was the one who told everybody to gamble on Giants over Rocket. And to gamble on Rocket over Vitality towards the end of the split. So I know how to make some money. I just don't know how to predict the system in which I make money. If that makes any sense, which it probably doesn't. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Last split, for those of you who are not following, we made our audiences over $1,000 uh, if you had bet $100 on every smart money bet we gave out in each individual region. This is free money, people, just by listening to the podcast. And we get a lot of really fun analysis and, and everything else, obviously. So let's just get into that. It is day one of the EU LCS. Starts on Thursday, and it starts with a bang, Walter. It is Origin versus G2. It is the rematch from our EU LCS finals from last split. Obviously, there's a little bit of a grudge match here in the bot lane. How excited are you for this series? Oh, this is this is going to be good. This is going to be real good. This is if you guys get that that meme gif image of the dude coming up with a chair and popcorn like this is <laughs> absolutely going to be good. It's a great series. Both teams uh had some changes that happened in the bot lane. G2, I personally think upgraded. Origin, I think personally downgraded and you'll have a lot of storylines uh, with Origin over the course of the season about the interactions of the players behind the scenes, egos, whether they get involved, anything like that, and the ever-looming situation in the mid lane of does Xpeke come back and play any regular season games? At what point does he feel the need that he has to come back? But overall, I could not have thought of a better matchup to start the season than Origin versus G2. This is going to be good. Yeah, this is incredibly exciting. And I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of tension in this matchup. We don't usually have as many big rivalries anymore. But if you were going to have one, Ocelot versus Xpeke was already enough of one before Sven and Mithy essentially left Origin saying, we don't think you guys are really working hard enough. We want to go somewhere where we think we can win. That is a slap in the face to a team that made it to the semifinals last year at Worlds. Origin has a lot to prove, obviously, with this series. You already mentioned that you feel like they took a step back uh, with their bot lane here. I think a lot of this is going to come down to who on Origin is capable of overcoming all of G2's strengths that just across the board this team feels like a super team. If you had one player you think could step up enough to have Origin pull off the upset here, 
where would it be? For me, I think it's Power of Evil. I think over the entire season, it's going to be Power of Evil. And when they signed him in the spring, I personally thought he was a downgrade from, from Xpeke with his play style and his champion pool and everything. So with Xpeke constantly in the background and Origin fans knowing that he's there and he has shown up a couple of times on stage for Origin last split. Does Power of Evil collapse under this pressure? Does he improve? Is this just the player that we're going to get forever and every once in a while Xpeke will sub in when they feel they need that particular style? It's going to be very interesting, but Power of Evil is going to be matched up against some really, really good ma mid laners this split, including Perks in this one game. And Perks just crushed everyone as the rookie of the split. He was a dominant mid laner, not only in the laning phase, but in team fights on a variety of champions, just across the board was a great player. And it's going to be up to power of evil in the largest skill discrepancy of any of the positions between these two teams. He really is going to have to step up to match up against the spring split rookie of the year. Yeah, this is going to be the chance for power of evil to prove that he can be the guy everyone thought he was going to be when he was originally signed to Origin. I thought it was very telling that in both of their best of five series, when they were down two games to one, they pulled Power of Evil in favor of X Peke. In one series it worked, in the other it didn't. But either way, it says a lot that when your backs are against the wall, you would pull your mid laner. And obviously, this is this is something that Power of Evil just needs to prove that he can do this full-time, that he can be the guy they need him to be. But you're right, doing it against Perks is going to be incredibly difficult. You know, we talked about this on our G2 team-by-team -team preview yesterday, which if you haven't checked out all of our preview podcasts, we broke down each team in both Europe and North America, so there's still time to do it before the split starts. But despite how Perks looked at MSI, Perks was incredible in the LCS. He and Trick were playing on a whole different level, and the synergy they had, just the instincts in terms of being able to roam and make plays and get objectives for their team, even when they didn't necessarily have the pure vision to pull it off, it's incredibly impressive just the game sense that they bring, and Amazing and Power of Evil are going to have to be on the same page 100% of the time if they're going to pull that off, because as good as Forgiven is, and a lot of people will point and say that Forgiven is capable of solo carrying a game at any time. Sven and Mithy are just as capable in that bot lane. So I really do think it's going to be that mid lane jungle synergy that decides it. Walter, at the end of the day, where do you think the line is for this game? Despite the roster changes, these teams were the top two in Europe at the end of the split. Uh, I think G2 definitely upgraded their roster with the addition of Sven and Mithy, and I think Origin may have downgraded by going to Hybrid and to Forgiven. But at the end of the day, these are still very talented rosters. There should be a very close best-of-two series. I have G2 at minus 175. Well, you're going to get this one. Congratulations. You, you said before that you weren't very good at this, and people aren't going to believe you because it's actually minus 179. I, by the way, guessed minus 150. And just so you guys know, because these are best of twos and this might sound a little confusing, the lines right now on unicorn.com, the game one lines and the game two lines are the exact same. So we're just going to take one of those lines and that's how we're going to decide who's closest to the pin. So congratulations, Walter, on getting point one. I think that's a pretty fair line. 
That's that's absolutely fair, considering neither of these teams have played. And despite on paper it being an upgrade for G2, we don't quite know how Mithy and Zven are going to mesh into this team that did have such priority on its mid lane and on its jungler in terms of resources, in terms of farm, in terms of gold, etc., etc. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how the split progresses with both of these teams having to adjust to new bot lanes. Absolutely. And speaking of teams that have to adjust to new bot lanes, H2K versus Rockat. Obviously, H2K has moved on from Forgiven. They've got Freeze now in that bot lane. Rockat went out and signed my boy Steelback, a guy who I find to be perennially underrated uh, across social media and in most uh, statistical breakdowns that I've seen so far this split. Walter, is this a game that will be decided by the bot lane? Or is that wishful thinking from myself as a Rockat fan here? No, I, I actually think this will be decided in the bot lane. I think Betsy has improved immensely over the course of his career. And I think he can match up with Ryu, just mano a mano. Um, jungle and top, I think, also are pretty close to each other, especially in the early game with Airwalks. Um, but it will. It'll come down to can Steelback and Raze stand up to Vander and Freeze in the laning phase and then once you transition into the late game, which is where Rockat had a ton of problems in the spring, how does Rockat transition into that? Because H2K was a very good shot-calling team in the later stages of the game. They played very slow. They played very methodical. They had a lot of rotational play between taking towers. So it'll be very interesting to see how the teams change their shot-calling in the mid-to-late game once they pull out of the laning phase that, if you've watched any Korean or any Chinese League of Legends, has really kind of stayed stuck in this lane swap, take a tower, take a tower, and then some permutations away from there. Yeah, it will be interesting to see exactly how the pace of this game is set. Obviously, Rockat did their best when they were forcing teams to react to their early game pressure. Airwalks is one of those guys who constantly gives me a heart attack because he is extending all the time to make those plays. But if they could snowball something of a lead, especially if they get steal back uh, some of those kills and put him in a comfortable place against Freeze and Vander, there is a chance for it to work out. My concern is that I, I do not believe that the top and jungle uh, synergy for both of these teams is even. Obviously, we don't know a lot about Parang, other than the fact that he was on Stardust last split in the LCK Challenger scene. Yankos and Odoamne, though, are really, really good at League of Legends. Yankos is the first blood king for a reason, and if anyone is going to be able to match what Airwalks is capable of and, and do it more efficiently... I feel like Yankos is that guy. And Freeze is just so good at team fighting that if Airwalks can't find a way to get any of these lanes ahead, it's hard for me to see the path of victory to rock at. They have to get either Betsy or Parang into a significant lead. And Airwalks is so feast and famine. I'm just, I'm not sure how comfortable I feel with that. But Walter, with all that said, where do you think the line is here? So even though... There were some upgrades on Rockat. H2K was very much the better team last split, and until Rockat can prove that they've made the late game shot calling improvements that they need to, I think H2K are some pretty decent favorites here. So I'm going to say H2K minus 190. Okay, you went too uh, too low there. I said H2K minus 250. It is H2K minus 270. No, no low for my Rockat boys. 
and I'm not sure I blame I blame the system there. H2K is really good at League of Legends. I mean, what do you think? Rock Hat plus 200, is that tempting to you? That's definitely tempting with the improvements that they made. I, I can say that's definitely tempting to me. The problem would be that when we actually do the smart money bets, we're going to have to decide which map to recommend because it's the same odds for both maps. So there's a little bit of a mind game there we'll have to figure out. But I, I want to believe, I genuinely do want to believe that, that Rocket could make some noise here. It's really going to depend on just how much Freeze has been able to incorporate himself into this very objective-focused H2K system. Uh, if they're all on the same page, I think it's going to be very scary for Rocket. But we move on to Shulk04 versus the Unicorns of Love. Walter, obviously we had some very strong opinions about the Unicorns of Love changes made this offseason, but Unicorns of Love fans have come out on social media. There's a lot of optimism among these fans, despite some of the, the worries that we see. When you compare them to a team like Schalke, who's kept their basic core intact and just made a slight upgrade in the, in the mid lane, is there reason to be optimistic for the Unicorns of Love in this series? Well, to me, for Unicorns of Love fans, they basically have gone back and they're looking at, okay, well, this is the exact same thing that happened last split. We had a upside -y kind of mid lane and AD carry and jungler come in, and it it worked. At the end of the day, it worked. Steelback had a fantastic season. Uh, Fox had a pretty good season. And even the junglers that they brought in up until Lolex were able to mesh into the kind of playstyle that they wanted. And they gave all this praise to Hillasan and... Vizachachi for their shot calling, for being the veteran presence that really ran that team. So they're banking on the same sort of thing that's going to happen. In the terms of Schalke, they basically took the most underperforming and most inconsistent part of their team, which was Ika, and replaced him with a the mid laner from Unicorns of Love, who, while he didn't break out like Betsy or like Perks did and wasn't necessarily the top three mid laner that he had been early on in his career in his rookie split, he did perform pretty well, and he was a stable, consistent player for the team. And, and I'm talking about Fox, by the way. And that's sort of been the way that Shulk operated last season as elements. They just played consistent. They played wave clear. They played within themselves, and especially Steven Rawls. And those were the two guys that carried them. So by getting rid of this sort of inconsistent, super underperforming limb essentially in in Ica and getting another one of these players that's consistent that does his job that can play safe Schalke is probably in a better spot when you look at the sort of unknown talent that Unicorns of Love has in Move and Veritas and Exile yeah that's basically what it comes down to we know exactly what Schalke is Schalke was the seventh place team last split when they were known as elements before the uh, purchase went down they made a change that makes them a slightly better version of that same 7th place team. They have a whole bunch of guys who are very good, but not necessarily great, and they're going to perform the way that they perform in pretty much every game. And that's fine. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. If you're a Unicorns of Love fan, you've just got to look at the variance that is possible here and, you know, and, and the pros and cons that come with it. On the one hand, if Move gets on an aggressive jungler, and plays the way he did when we were making serious arguments that he was the top jungler in North America during Gravity's big run back in the summer split uh, last year, 
that would be terrifying. That would be really fun for them to watch. If Exile returns to some of this high-caliber performance he's had in, in solo queue, now that he's back to focusing on the game full-time, maybe he can be a super scary mid laner. Maybe Veritas is finally on a team that has some talent around him so that we'll see the guy that we once thought was going to be a very good AD carry of the future when we did our fantasy draft back in 2015 and just never seemed to pan out that way. There's the hope that all of that comes through. But I do think that Unicorns of Love fans have to realize that there's, you know, there are phrases, we, we call it lightning in a bottle for a reason. It's, it's very likely that one of their three signings is going to pan out. Two of three would be very nice. If all three pan out, that would be a shocking amount of good luck. It is very hard when you're taking risks on younger, unproven guys, or guys that at the very least have not been playing in a while, that we have no real footage to say that they can be everything that you'd want them to be on an LCS stage, the odds are good that one of those is not going to come through. And whichever one of those weaknesses is there, FC Schalke is consistent enough that they should be able to exploit it. It's going to be very interesting to see how this series ends up. Walter, where do you put the line for this series? So I hemmed and hawed over who I think the favorite in this series is because I'm not quite sure where the casinos view it, but... I'm going to go with Schalke at minus 150. Okay. You went too high, which almost never happens on this podcast. Uh, I said Schalke minus 140. It is Schalke minus 125. It is our closest series of the week. Unicorns of Love are at minus 105 as the underdogs, which is basically our way of saying, stay away from this game. Don't gamble on it. Don't worry about it. Just have fun watching it and enjoy seeing whether Unicorns of Love can actually come together as a team. But for the love of God, do not put money on this game. There's no reason to do that to yourself. Just don't do it. So let's let's go to a game that maybe is uh, more fun to, to look at from a gambling perspective, at least. Splice versus Vitality. Uh, Splice obviously only made a... One change in the support position with uh, Mixie, whereas Vitality have brought a literal bear over from Korea if his social media account is to be believed. Which, by the way, shout out to Mighty Bear for having the best social media account amongst all pro players in the league right now. I just love how many different bear gifts he's been able to come up with already. Uh, They also brought in Police, of course, from Apex Gaming. So, Walter... How do you think this new look Vitality roster matches up with the inconsistent splice team that we saw from last split? Well, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how Vitality grows as a whole over the course of the split because they finally broke up the friendship that was Hyarnin and Kossing. They got rid of Shook, who at times underperformed and was very sort of feast or famine as a player, but they still have two extremely consistent and solid solo laners in Nuke Duck and Cabo's Shard. Where Splice, on the other hand, Trashy was feast or famine. He, you know, he could go both ways. Kabe and at that time Nisbeth were inconsistent, could go either way. The two solo laners, Senkux was the most consistent, and he was 
fine in laning phase and that sometimes they just put him on utility style champions like Lulu and it felt like he couldn't have as much impact on the game as we were sort of hoping and they focused a ton of their resources on Wonderware who was among the leaders in resources in terms of gold share in terms of farming numbers all of that said and done and at the beginning of the split we thought he was one of the weaker members on this team so if Wonderware can become more consistent and can do as much with the amount of farm that he's getting. So if he's getting 30% of the farm, he needs to essentially be 30% of the team's carry potential. If he can get to that point, Splice turns into an interesting team. But against Vitality, day one, I'm just not sure it's enough for them to really contest, to really take a game or two off of them. Yeah, this is a rough matchup for Splice. Because if you're going to put all these resources into your top lane, you have to feel comfortable that you're going to win that matchup. And when Cabochard is the enemy top laner, I don't think you feel comfortable that you're going to win that matchup. That's just one of those things where Cabochard is such a good laning top laner in his own right. He has a very deep champion pool that can match whatever Wonder is going to bring out there. I find it hard to believe that playing through that lane is going to be Splice's path to victory. And the problem is that you can't really exploit Vitality's potential weakness if you're Splice either. I am not a fan of Police as an AD carry. I, I think that, honestly, if he had stayed on Apex Gaming, he would be the third best AD carry on that roster right now. So the fact that Vitality spent one of their import spots on him is something I still find very confusing to this day. But if they're going to get away with it against anybody, it's going to be against Kabi, who was the least capable carry at the AD carry position for his team. That isn't to say that he was the worst AD carry. Certainly you can make arguments about guys like Safir who didn't even last the entire split, but the guy did not do a ton of damage. He did not get a whole bunch of gold. He did not farm very well. He was never considered to be the cleanup guy for his team. This is not the guy that's going to hard carry the bot lane and punish some of police's positioning mistakes and carry splice to victory that way. So, Honestly, it comes down to where can Splice get this advantage? And, and for me, I just don't see it. Unless Senkux is finally able to play all of these assassin, hard carry style champions that we've been wanting to see him play for a while, this feels like a series that Vitality should be able to wrap up just given where the strengths and weaknesses for these teams lie. Walter, where do you think the line is on this game? At the end of the day, despite the roster changes that Vitality made, I believe they're still the favorites. They're still a stronger team in the solo lanes. So I'm going to say Vitality minus 175. Okay, you went too low. I said minus 200. Minus 270. That seems a little insulting to Splice. If I'm a Splice fan, I'm a little insulted by that line. Yeah, no, I agree. That that is that is rather low considering Vitality has not played a game with this roster together. So, uh, it's intriguing. It's interesting that it's that that high. In all honesty, I, I mean, here's the thing. I know I just said that I don't see where Vitality gets beaten head to head against Splice, but the the answer would be maybe Mighty Bear's a lot better on social media than he is in actual gameplay. This was an LSPL. Korean. He is not playing in the professional scene. He was not playing in the Korean challenger scene. It is hard to say exactly how good this guy's going to be. And it just seems like Splice at plus 200 here 
if there's a chance that Mighty Bear is an actual problem, which we have no idea whether he will be or not, it's interesting odds. We'll have to come back and see if it ends up being one of our smart money picks. But first, we've got to talk about the last game from day one, Fnatic versus Giants. This is a game that I, I don't think we need to spend too much time breaking down the intricacies of this matchup. Uh, one of these teams brought back Yellowstar uh, and ha is having a lovely homecoming. The other one is a mix of Korean talent that's very questionable and European challenger guys who had washed out elsewhere. If you were going to paint the upset picture for Giants, Swelder, how do you do it? Yellow Star stayed with TSM. <laughs> I, I, there's no upset picture here. The only way that there's an upset picture is if the inclusion of Yellow Star is somehow a minus and the shot calling just goes absolutely haywire for Fnatic. And somehow the Giants' carries in Songstar and Knight are able to outduel Reckless and Fibivin, like, straight up across the board. And Maxlore is a way better jungler than Spirit. It's just so astronomical. I don't think it happens. I don't think it happens at all. This is probably a super high line for Fnatic. It's more than likely going to be a blowout. Just unless Giants you know, came up with three sevens on the slot machine. I just don't see it happening. It's just not going to happen. It's really tough to see the potential upside here. You know, Knight is the one guy who might have a ton of potential moving forward on this team, but you're going up against Fabivan. Spirit, we've heard some amazing things about, you know, what he plans on bringing to the, the scene this split. I'm very excited to to just see how this team comes together, especially with Reckless and Yellowstar being reunited again. Reckless seems to be about three times better as an AD carry whenever Yellowstar is around. So I'm with you. I don't see much of a path here either. If you're a Giants fan, you really, really hope that there's something in Max Lore that just hadn't been seen during his time in Inspire Esports. But I just... I am not inspired by that particular line of logic, I'll put it that way. Walter, where do you think the line is? I have the line Fnatic minus 300. Hey, you went too low. I said minus 400. Minus 769. We don't play. There's, there's no pretending with Giants. The casinos are quite clear on where we stand on that. All right, unicorn, unicorn. <laughs> This is going to be our first sidebar of the split. Let's just, <laughs> let's just step over to the side, camera B, for a second. Thank mm. you. Thank you very much. Why? Why? No one's played a game yet. There hasn't been a single game played yet. Why? Why are we going this high? Like, am I really just going to have to throw out, like, a $10,000 odd at some point here? Like, are we really going to get to that? Are we already at the point where Fnatic is like, what, 12-0 and 0 back last summer where the odds just could be astronomical for no apparent reason other than, yeah, whatever. At least that team was 12-0 and 0 at some point. Like, it, it, this is just really high. Let's, let's tone it down a little, please. And that's not because I'm losing 4-1 to one at this point. <laughs> Well, I mean, if, if it was because you were losing 4-1, to I'd still understand it. I, I will say, I, I agree that it's very high, given that we haven't seen them play a game. For all we know, Knight is just some mid-lane god that can solo carry a game, at which case this is going to look very silly. I don't think that's going to be the case, mind you, but it's, 
you know, until we actually see people on the rift, we've never seen this Giants five-man roster before. I, I think it's, it's a little silly to say that we are so convinced that they're going to be this bad. But on the other hand, there's a very big difference between the spring split and the summer split. And it's that we've seen most of this Fanatic team operate already. We know what they're capable of. And we know that they're going to be a very good team unless they all somehow got amnesia in the last month or so during this little bit of time off. So I think that's why we see the lines being higher earlier than they were last split. But you're right. This is, this is particularly high. Splice versus Rockat. As a Rockat fan, this feels like a must-win series to me. If I'm going to have any sort of optimism for the split, is that fair in your opinion? No, I, I think this kind of is a must-win game, even though it's so early in the season, just because Splice was ahead of Rockat in the final standings at the end of the spring split. They were both in the relegation tournament together, and they both sort of crushed their opponents in that tournament. Both had some really strong games from their key players. When it comes down to it, though, Rockat, in my opinion, made some massive upgrades at positions of weakness. The 80 carry position between Safir and Tabs was definitely a position of weakness for Rockat, and they went out and got one of the most improved players of the spring split in Steelback. Pairing Steelback and the super improved Betsy together looks like it'll give you this really foundational core of carries to help you go through the the summer split and potentially contend for playoffs. And beating up on weaker opponents, which I think Splice is a weaker opponent, is what they're going to have to do. They need to view this as a very as a team that they can absolutely take two games off of, and they almost have to take two games off of them because you're not quite sure where Rockets going to fit in against the Vitalities, against the Shulks, against the Fanatics, against the Origins. Are they going to be able to take two games off of those guys, or are they going to match up one and one yeah i think if you're if you're rock at this is your chance to make a statement that you belong in the conversation of potential playoff teams if you're praying you need to go out there and prove that you can hang with a guy like wonder who is about where the above average top laners begin you need to prove that you know betsy can go out there and just destroy Senkux if the one-on-one comes in. Steal back and raise need to demonstrate that they have the synergy to beat up on a weaker bot lane and Kabi and Mixi. This is the time for Rockat to show that these additions they made are going to pay off. Every single one of these lanes should go their way. It should be a straight across the board finish for Rockat. But on the other hand, if you're Splice, this is also your chance to make a statement and say that you are not the same team that people pegged you to be from last split. This is the time to say that you have grown as a team from the experiences you had, that you took that experience in the promotion tournament, and have now made the next step forward. And if they're able to do that, then suddenly this goes from looking like a chance for Rockat to make their claim on a potential playoff spot to Splice making an argument that they deserve to be put in the same breath as some of these other uh, mid-tier playoff teams. So there's a lot on the line for both of these teams here. At the end of the day, Walter, where do you think the line is? At the end of the day, like I said, Rocket definitely improved their team over Splice, so I'm going to go Rocket at minus 150. Okay. You got that one almost exactly. I got a little bit overconfident. I put Rocket at minus 200. Uh, it is actually Rocket at minus 149. 
which I think is fair. And by fair, I mean it's not low enough to be worth doing a smart money bet, but not high enough that I'd consider taking Splice as the underdog at plus 115. Yeah, no, I'd say so. And until one of these teams really puts themselves away from the other, beats the other team 2-0, you have to consider any lines between them, potentially Giants, potentially Shulk. They're all going to be fairly close. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Uh, As to a series that might not be all that potentially close, Unicorns of Love versus Origin. Uh, We brought up before just how much uh, the Unicorns of Love are going to be relying on some of this young talent, Uh, but they're going to be having to prove themselves against a very experienced Origin team. Walter, give me the path to victory for the Unicorns of Love. How do they upset this very strong Origin roster? Well... For Unicorns of Love, for it to actually come to an upset, the players that they've signed in Veritas and Exile and Move have to overperform. They have to be better than we expect they're going to be, and that's for Unicorns of Love to be successful over the course of the entire season. Uh, It also would help if Origins players kind of play the same way that they did uh, at times during the spring split where Soaz and Amazing underperformed, where Power of Evil underperformed. And as for Forgiven and Hybrid, we don't quite know if they know how they're going to fit into the Origin play style. So there is potential here. There's way more potential here for an upset as opposed to Giants versus Fnatic. But unless we're just going to be really, really surprised with the players that Unicorns of Love had brought on, I'm not willing to say that there's strong upset potential here. I, I, I think it's pretty limited as well. Well, here's my argument. I'm going to play the Unicorns of Love fan perspective for a second. Last split, Origin had one weakness that really came back to haunt them repeatedly over the course of the regular season. And that was Soaz being inconsistent. He had games where he looked amazing as a split pusher, and there were a lot of games where he just fell off. One of the few things that we know for a fact is still here is Visit Chachi who had an above-average split last split, despite having to work with four different junglers over the course of that season. You could win that 2v2 battle if Move plays like the aggressive jungler that we have seen him be in North America in the past. And if you win that 2v2, and Exile can keep even with Power of Evil in lane, which is in play, then maybe you can minimize the damage that Forgiven does and you carry through that way and you make it a more teamfight-centric game uh, in in that regard. Uh, Obviously, that's still going to be very difficult to do because at the end of the day, you still need to stop Forgiven. And good luck with that, in all honesty. But that's the hope if you're a Unicorns of Love fan. Origin fans, of course, just hope that everything goes by the chalk and that the sheer amount of talent from this bot lane just carries themselves against this unproven Veritas and that Power of Evil does more than enough against Exile here. Walter, where do you see the line on this game? At the end of the day, Origin should still be the favorites just because their roster, while it made changes, made decent changes and didn't bring in unproven players. So I have Origin at minus 200. Okay, you were way too low on that one. I said minus 400. I was way too high. It was actually minus 333. So I got that one. Unicorns of Love plus 240. I I like that as a potential smart money bet. 
You only have to do it once. You have to pick the right time that they do it. But I could totally see them pulling it off once if Soaz has one of his uh, problem Soaz games. It is in play. Uh, at plus 240, I think it's worth the discussion. But we'll wait and see how we feel about the rest of these odds. Uh, another game that we're, we're not going to spend too much time on, Giants versus G2. Poor Giants. It's like, welcome to the LCS, Knight. Happy you're here. By the way, you get to play Forbidden and Perks in your week one. That's just a rough, rough way to go. I don't see much of a path here. I mean, is it as simple as it looks on paper, Walter? Is there anything that you're looking for that, you know, to, to at least see some potential for growth from Giants, even if this matchup is not likely one that they're going to be able to do much in? Nah, have fun. <laughs> have fun. If, if G2 plays as well as we're, we're anticipating them, which is, uh, you know, Zven and Mithy are definitely upgrades over Hybrid and, and Emperor. I This is... Man, this is hard. This is a really hard game to come into if you're Giants. Maybe try and pick on Kickus a little, but again, there's been talk out of the G2 camp that Kickus has been playing amazingly in scrim. So, I good luck, have fun. Yeah, I don't envy Giants in the slightest in this one. And you know, it, it might even be to the point where G2 says, "Eh, let's start expect for a game and see what he does on the LCS stage." Because if ever you were going to try Ooh. him out. You are really on this expect hype train. I, I, I'm I just, not going to see him this early. I just feel like if you're going to try him out, if the whole point is to to have him available as an LCS option, why not do it against a team in Giants where you feel comfortable enough that you're going to be able to win the game no matter who you throw in the top lane? No, I don't think so. I okay. think this team. I think this team is going to stick with Kickus until he really like shows that he doesn't deserve the spot. I. Yeah, I don't expect think it's on the roster, but I don't. I think he's a sub. I don't think he is going to be like day two. We're all of a sudden going to see expect against Giants. I don't think that's going to happen. I guess to me, it depends on whether you want this to be a six man roster or not. I don't. I don't know why else you sign expect if you don't plan on playing him. I, because it, I don't think Hickus was anywhere near bad enough that you'd have to worry about it. So I just kind of assumed that they'd sub him in and out depending on particular play style stuff but you know we'll have to see this is one of those storylines from g2 that's going to be exciting to watch this series is not likely to be all that exciting to watch walter where do you see the the line for this game i have g2 at minus 400 okay you and i split this one which unfortunately for you means that uh i win the week because i've already got my six points and uh you cannot possibly catch up so week one goes to me i appreciate it uh, always a good uh, good way to start the split. Thanks, Unicorn. Thanks. <laughs> super high, super high lines to start the season. Thanks. Oh, I haven't even told you the line yet. I guessed minus four hundred as well. It is the highest line of the week. It's minus a thousand. Unicorn's getting two sidebars in one episode. Really? <laughs> Are you really? Okay. Really? I'll put. Um, here's the counter argument. Are you going to take Giants at plus 550? Hell no. Exactly. So it's a fair line. Fair line. Absolutely fair line. Oh, my God. I don't know how high you'd have to make that Giants line for me to take them. But plus 550 isn't enough. So here we are. My only regret, I didn't want to go higher than minus 400 on week one because I thought it was going to be like the spring like you did. Uh, No. Unicorn's not afraid. And honestly, like I said... 
I, I, when you, when you phrase it as, would you take Giants at plus five fifty? I'm inclined to say that that's the right call by Unicorn on this one. But uh, we're going to move forward to a a much closer series, uh, Vitality versus Fanatic. This is one of those where, if Vitality is going to be a serious playoff threat, I think this is the first chance we're going to see for them to show it. Obviously, uh, these teams played each other in the first round of the quarter uh, of the European playoffs last split. They played in the quarterfinals, and, and Vitality, despite being the three seed, was upset. There's clearly, you know, if you're Vitality, you want to get revenge. You want to prove that people like you and I who are skeptical of the police signing are, are wrong and that Mighty Bear is going to be this, this big guy for this team. What is the matchup to watch in your mind when you see Vitality versus Fnatic here? Mm, at the end of the day, it comes down to, I think, Nuke Duck and Fibivid. Whether they can make up for the deficiencies in some of the other places, I think police and costing can go even with Yellow Star and Reckless, but I'd slightly lean towards Reckless. I think that Spirit versus Mighty Bear is heavily in Spirit's favor until we see something out of Mighty Bear. And I think Cabochard versus Gamsu is heavily in Cabochard's favor. So Nuke Duck and Forbiven can be the ones to really tilt this one way or the other if they get the upper hand in laning phase. And that's going to be really important since both of them were very strong farmers in the laning phase. Neither of them liked to interact with the other laner during laning phase, much like Betsy's same style where they were content to just farm and then rotate out of the lane and get their kills elsewhere and then set up in some sort of 1-3-1 or 1-4 style split push composition. So Nuke Duck versus Forbiven is really going to be the most impactful uh, matchup to watch in this series. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. And, and to add the addendum to it, I think... The other thing that's going to help determine that matchup quite a bit is just how good is Mighty Bear. You know, the jungle mid lane synergy, you know, obviously we've seen a lot of junglers you know, focus more on getting the top lane going. It's hard to know exactly how Europe is planning on playing it because we haven't seen any games from this particular region yet. And every region tends to do things a little bit differently. But this is one of those games where if I'm Vitality, I tell Mighty Bear that your job is to get Nuke Duck ahead. That is your job. Uh, you know, Cabochard does a very good job of keeping his own in lane. He uh, he usually is able to, you know, make sure that he at least isn't giving up any stupid deaths. So get Nuke Duck ahead. Put yourself in a position for your solo laners to to be able to succeed in that regard. And the question is going to be whether he can do that better than Spirit can. And you know, Spirit when he's playing at his best is an incredible jungler, but he also has those games where he just disappears sometimes or he's taking too many risks and, uh, and, and overextends himself. So it'll be very interesting to see if Vitality can find any potential holes in that. Walter, all of that into account, where do you think the line is on this game? I think this is going to be a very close series between two rather strong uh, teams that could potentially contend for a top three spot when we come to the end of the split. But right now, I think Fnatic is just a little bit better and I'm going to give Fnatic the edge at minus 160. Okay. I get this one. I said minus 220. It's minus 200. Which I think is, is very fair. I put that Vitality plus 150. Uh, you know, I, I, I think at the end of the day, these are two very close teams. Minus 200 isn't a close... Doesn't, like, simulate that it's a close matchup. 
So I'm I'm slightly confused of why the odds are that high because at minus two hundred that that isn't very close. That's you know that's very similar to the difference between. Well, I guess that's similar to the difference between G two and Origin, right? But a little bit a little bit more slanted in Fanatic's favor. I'm I'm just I'm not quite sure about it. I think that's a little far, and I think Vitality definitely has the a strong chance of winning one of these games. Well, he, here's the problem if you're uh, Vitality. It's that uh, you have police on your roster. And that's the, that's the downside that this is always going to come down to when you make the claim of like, oh, but you know, maybe Vitality can win these solo lanes. It's like, awesome. So Reckless and Yellowstar versus Police and Causing. And then you're like, oh, yeah, right. This is, this is Police. You're you're way lower on police than me. Like, I am I am incredibly lower. low on police, and that's why I think I had the line I predicted it higher than minus two hundred. I think that this is giving Vitality some credit that maybe police isn't as uh, as weak as as analysts like me are going to make him out to be. But at the very least, when you look at Reckless and Yellow Star, there are very few bot lanes that can match that, and I don't think Police and Causing is going to be one of them. I guess that's where I really come down on it. But, you know, who knows? We can come back to it as one of our potential smart money bets. We've just got one more series to look at. It's H2K versus Shulk04. Obviously, uh, we mentioned before just how consistent this Shulk roster is, and, and we kind of know exactly what they are. Is you know How do you think H2K matches up in that regard? Where are the, the, the advantages that H2K are going to look for to kind of carry the day here? Well... Against Shulk, I would probably try to press the, the bot lane, especially use Freeze and use Vander to your advantage. And then the jungle position. Yankos can definitely out-pressure Gilius and get on top of these solo lands and help break some of these deadlocks. I think that Steve and Odawamne can go even. I think Fox is a slightly underneath Ryu, and he's at his peak like he was last year with Unicorns of Love. So it really can come down to what Yankos can do to influence the solo lanes to get H2K rolling one way or the other, and then Prolly. Prolly in the background. Prolly now gets to work on best of twos, and while you can't necessarily cheese, Prolly has shown that he is very open-minded to come up with different strategies and do different things as a European head coach. So I think H2K definitely has an advantage in the coaching department, and then with the jungler, Yankos is definitely more impactful than Gilius. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. You know, for for everything FC Schalke has for their future as far as, you know, what they're capable of investing in in the long term, right now, they basically kept the element structure, and that's something that we've had questions about in the past. You know, that is kind of one of the holdovers of that whole good game agency era, and I'm not particularly convinced uh, in the same way that I am convinced in just how smart Prawley is going to be. I agree with you wholeheartedly on this, and I also think that at the end of the day, H2K signing Freeze actually makes this an easier matchup for them than it would be if they had stuck with Forgiven, because this is a team that now can really focus on those team fights. When, when FC Schalke wins games, it's not because any one individual is shining through, it's because they as a team are able to operate a plan efficiently without making too many glaring mistakes because there is no you know, pure weak link to exploit in that regard. But if H- H2K is basically going to say to them, like, oh, that's what you want? Okay, awesome. We've got Freeze here. We've got Ryu here. We've got, you know, Yankos here. All of them know how to teamfight rather well. 
I think that this is a very nice stylistic matchup for H2K to uh, to make a statement here and, and really solidify themselves as one of the teams to beat in Europe. Walter, where do you think the line is here? I think H2K definitely on paper, roster-wise, is at an advantage. They're going to be the favorites going into this matchup. I have H2K at minus 190 to continue my spree of undercutting myself. Actually, you get that one. Hey! Yeah. I, self-deprecating humor wins it. <laughs> I, went, uh, I went too high on this game. I went H2K minus 300 just because I have really high hopes for this H2K roster. It is H2K minus 233, uh, which puts Schalke at a uh, plus 175. So that's, that's pretty fair. Yeah. That's pretty fair. I, I don't have a problem with that line in, in the slightest. Now, we got to come up with our three smart money bets, Walter. And the worst part is, because of this whole best of two format, we've got to predict if it happens in game one or game two. So here's what smart people should do. Because any one of these matchups that we pick, the odds of us correctly picking whether it's game one or two are not going to be great. So here's what I propose. I propose we pick series. And instead of doing a $100 gamble on one game, you bet $50 on both games. If we only get one of them correctly, you still make money. And the only way we lose money is if we somehow lose both of the games in that series. So that is my, that's what I say, is we bet $50 on both of those games in a series, and two out of three chances we come out ahead. That's what I propose. I think that's smart. You know what, Walter? I think that's a great idea. Let's, let's do it by series, because especially with these best of twos, I, I think that's the smarter way to go. So what are the three series that we want to look at here? So I'm going to say the Fnatic Vitality series. I think that's a pretty smart one. I think I definitely think Vitality can take one there. Okay, I'm happy with that. I know can, you... Can I talk you into a Rocket win over H2K? I, that was where I was going next. Okay. I was going to say Rocket and H2K. I think there's definitely a chance that Rocket takes one here. Especially if, if Steelback is as good as I think he is, and I really do feel like he's the most underrated AD carry in Europe right now, I think it's in play. I think that they could, they could find a way to snowball one of those early games. But uh, that and, means we need one more. See, the thing is here, I almost want to do the Shulk Unicorns of Love, just because it's, it's like kind of safe odds on it. Yeah. But if we want to go a little crazy... Do you think there's a chance Origin takes a game off of G2? That, like, Soaz and Amazing are just kind of pissy, and they play, like, the two best games of their lives? Is I there mean, a chance of that happening? It's very possible. I think that... I Actually, I really like that one, because I think that there's a, uh, a grudge match nature to this. Remember, Origin took all of those comments that Sven and Mithy made on the way out very seriously they immediately kind of went out and, and you know amazing did that you know massive breakdown on twitter just getting way too emotional and in calling betrayal on uh, on sven and mithy's decision so there are some feelings involved here and let's not forget sven went on stream and explained how forgiven called him uh, a whole bunch of things that i don't really want to repeat on this podcast because we're family friendly here over at slingshot esports but Man, oh man, I think there's some hate on both sides, but I absolutely believe that Origin could channel that into some very aggressive games here. So I like that. That gives us, just to recap one more time, Vitality plus 150 over Fnatic, Rocket plus 200 over H2K, 
an origin plus 135 over G2. And we're going to treat it like Walter just recommended, that plus $50 bets on each one of those games. And we'll see if we can make you guys some money. Last split, we did a pretty good job of that. We're, uh, we're hoping to come through for you here. Walter, can we go over some futures before we wrap this up? I'm down. I haven't looked at them, so so yeah, let's let's go over some futures. I okay. Like this. Who do you think is the uh, the favorite to win it all this split? G two. That is correct. Where do you think the line is? I'm gonna say G two plus one eighty. Yeah, you know what? That's really close. It's uh, it's G two plus two hundred. So you're you're basically there. Uh, who do you think is the second highest favorite? H two K. No. Fnatic. Yeah, okay. Plus 225 for Fnatic. So almost there with G2. People really, you know, the Yellow Star is coming home storyline is one that people want to buy into. I I understand where it's coming from, but I do think that that means that H2K's odds here are quite nice. Plus 425 for H2K. And they're third? They're third. Not bad. Origin. Semi-finalist at Worlds less than a year ago. Finalist in the European Championship last split, fourth at plus 500. Three players are different. (coughs) Three. (coughs) Excuse me. Three (laughs) players are different. That's what I meant to say. I just had this cough. (laughs) Man, Forgiven right now is just so mad at us that we're looking at him replacing any AD carry. I I agree with you. I'm just letting you know that someone is going to listen to this and tell Forgiven what we're saying about him. And he's going to take it personally. I hope, can we get into grudge with, uh, with Forgiven? I would love for that to be the first formal pro it. rivalry. I would welcome it, man. That would be Win great. Win a playoff series, Forgiven. I've been one of your biggest fans forever, but man, you really disappoint me in the playoffs. Like, come on, dude. You got to do it for me. I, I agree with you. Let's, let's go over the rest of these rapid fire here. Vitality is the only one that's relatively close outside of this. Plus 850. Uh, Shalka and Rockat are both plus 2200. Unicorns of Love plus 3,300. And if you want the real long shots, Splice plus 5,000. And Giants Gaming plus 8,000. Now, this is when I point out that G2 was the biggest long shot to win the championship last split. I don't think it's going to happen again. I'm just saying. <laughs> Are you trying to tempt us into Giants? Is that, is that what you're saying? I'm just saying plus 5,000 is a lot. And if you put that plus 5,000 down last time on G2, if you were one of the Ocelot faithful, man, oh, man, did you come away like a bandit after last split. Uh, I, don't, I don't have that confidence in Giants gaming. But if you do, please send it to us on Twitter. We'd love to see it. Uh, I am at RedShirtKing on Twitter if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else that we've talked about in the podcast. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? You guys could find me at C80s underscore LOL. And this has been a you know, our first episode on Slingshot Esports of the Guess the Lines podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We are going to be putting out episodes every week, Wednesday for the European Guess the Lines and Thursday for the North American Guess the Lines, which means if you come back tomorrow, there will be another one waiting for you here at Slingshot Esports. And stick around for all the other awesome written content that is on this site. Both Walter and I have done pieces here before, uh, and we have a high amount of respect for all of the writers that are on here. So definitely stick around and check that out. If you want to just get our podcast directly, you can obviously go to soundcloud.com slash esportsroughdrafts or go to the podcast section on iTunes. 
uh, if you just search Rough Drafts there, you can hit the subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes going forward. Uh, we also have finally gotten our butts in gear on this whole social media thing. I don't know if you know about this, Walter, but people do things like Facebook and Twitter, you know? So we're going to do that too. If you go to facebook.com slash roughdraftspod, or if you go to Twitter and go to at roughdraftspod, you can find those pages uh, where you can talk with other fans of the podcast. We're going to use Facebook as kind of an open forum to have discussions with you guys on, on certain things as they come up on, and get your f- direct feedback on some of the podcasts. You can't necessarily fit into 140 characters. And our Twitter is going to be a nice mix of you know, all of the links to episodes and articles that we do while also being what we're going to use for live tweeting moving forward. So if you're one of those people that loves watching games at home and following what your analysts think, you should definitely go do that. And if you want to see all of the content that Walter and I do when we're not being super official and formal uh, when talking about esports in general, you go to uh, medium.com slash rough drafts podcast. There's a dash in between each of those words. Uh, We're going to put a lot of different kinds of pieces on there. It's really going to be uh, an experimental thing for us to see how uh, some of these sections work out. So definitely check that out. There's a lot of things to check out nowadays. It's a, it's a brave new world, brave new theme song, brave new logo, and a brave new podcast here. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And until tomorrow, where we'll break down the North American lines. Goodbye, Internet.